0: welcome to an encouraging word from pastor elliot warren from cross-culture church in houston texas go with me if you would so we'll go read a verse i actually have it written down so my bible is right here in john 12 26 john writes this is writing something jesus said okay He says, if anyone serves me, this is Jesus speaking. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. And then he says, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If anyone serves me, The Father will honor him. Now, there is really the essence of serving Christ here, okay? What have you got? He's talking about if you serve him, what do you have to do? Follow. He says, if anyone serves me, you have to follow me. And then he says, and where I am, there my servant will be also. That means... Following means we're going to be where he is. We have to be uh, um, sensitive to where he is, and that's a way of him leading us. I know in life, many times when I go something, I go, wow, when I do something, take a step, I'll recognize God's here, God's in this. And sometimes I might want to take a step, and I'll go, you know what, God's not in this. Now, that might sound strange to you, but I'll tell you as you're developing your relationship with God, you you begin to become aware of this kind of thing more and more. God's in this. God's here. Or you'll sense a nudging. God's here. God's in this. Sometimes you'll sense a push. You'll sense that I'm not supposed to be where I am. And it's not just your natural, I don't like this. Sometimes God's got you in a place And you don't like it at all, but deep down, you know you're supposed to be there. I've told y'all before about a job I had. I couldn't stand that job. My flesh, I wanted to get out of that job. But deep down, I knew I was supposed to be there. And I remember I said, God, I'll give this thing three months. You know, and, and after three months, I'm like, three months is up, God. I'm still not doing well here. I'm still not prospering, but I know you want me here. I couldn't leave after I told God I was going to leave, right? And then, I, and then after that, this, after that three months, then I started prospering. And I'm like, wow, what if I'd left early? You, you see, but I'm just saying we have to sort of sense where does God want us to be? What am I supposed to be doing? And where is God right now? And then He says this. He says. And where I am, there my servant will be. And if anyone serves me, if anyone does that, if anyone serves, which means following, which means you're where I am, you're not where I'm not. If anybody does that, God himself will honor that person here in the here and now. God is going to honor that person Now, I believe there's many ways God honors somebody. He says, if you humble yourself and you follow him, he exalts you, right? And there are other examples like that. But I just want to emphasize right now, he will honor you by blessing you, taking care of you, even promoting you after you have been willing to follow him because following him is a very humbling process because it's breaking down you and your flesh and what you might want to do and you're submitting yourself to god's will amen but you have to remember god said if i would do this he will honor me amen there is a promise if you follow god if you serve god if you do what god says He's going to honor you, amen? And we need to know that because it doesn't feel like that when we get started. It doesn't feel like that when we're making decisions to follow him. You have to know by faith, he's going to honor me if I just don't give up, amen? Sometimes along the way, you don't feel like God's honoring you. But he will if you don't give up. I like that verse. He says, when you sow to the spirit, what's sowing to the spirit? You're doing what God wants instead of what your flesh wants. When you do what God wants, it says you will reap. What's the rest of it? In due season. Like I told you before, when I had that job, man, my flesh was going, go do something else. Give up. This is too hard. This is too crazy. You don't like it. This is the most stressful job. And deep down, something's inside going, no, you need to stay here. No, you need to stay here. (laughs) I'm so glad I did because I ended up being blessed after that. You see what I'm saying? You know, the funny thing of it is as I'm thinking about it, here I am wrestling. Oh, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And I gave him three months. Uh, And then after my three months, I go, then I gave up and I quit wrestling. I go, okay, God. I'm here till you say go, so something broke in me right in a good way, and that's when the blessing came. Is't that amazing? Anyway, God has a due season, a due season, okay now I want to look at the the uh father of our faith, so to speak, that's what Galatians calls Abraham, and he's called the father of our faith for various reasons, one of them I believe, is because um uh, it started with him, but it's also because the faith that he had is the faith that God has in us. You, you see what I mean? And how God worked with Abraham and how Abraham responded has everything to do with how God works with us and how, how we should respond, right? We begin to see the pattern of how faith works when and how God works with Abraham. Now look at this verse. Genesis chapter 12 And it says in verse one, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, out from your family, out from your father's house to a land that I will in the future show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. All right. And then he goes on and talks about him being a blessing. So what's he saying here in a nutshell? First of all, he's saying, what? Follow me, right? I'm going to show you where, but you just follow me. Come on, right? So what's he, how's he going to have to do that? He's going to have to know where God is, right? And then, and then he says, secondly, he goes, leave the old behind, follow me, come on, and he says, leave the old behind, okay, he had to do that, third thing he says is, and I will bless you, I will bless you, now, those three things are so important, and I want to just spend a few moments on those, because they are so key to us understanding how to walk with God, right, all right, follow him, follow him, This is all about relationship. You ought to know Christ. You ought to know God. You have to have a walk with Him. You're not just supposed to follow a rule book, even though there's some rules in there. You're not just supposed to follow what the Scripture says. Yes, you are, but there's more than that. The Pharisees just tried to do that, but they never knew Him. You see, you have to have a relationship with Him. It's about hearing from God, seeing where God is, seeing what God's doing, and you staying close enough to follow and to be where he is. You got to have your eyes on him. You got to have your heart connected with him. You got to hear what he says to do, and you got to do what he says to do. So, following has everything to do with that heart connection. If, you, if your heart's not connected, if you're not staying in tune, you can't You can't follow. You can't follow if your heart gets hardened, if your heart starts to desire the things of this world. What happens there? Your heart begins to get hardened toward God. And you start to make excuses. And the first thing you know, the voice of the Lord's become very, very quiet. And and you've ended up, you're ended up, you're planning your own way now. You do you're doing everything you can figure out how to do. Now, I just would say planning's not bad, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but God's got something. You've got to do more than that to follow the Lord. You've got to stay connected. You've got to be sort of sensitive to your conscience and sensitive to the Word of God because Jesus is the Word, right? And, And the Bible says that the Word will actually direct you in life. So as you're in the Word, it's going to begin to become alive and speak to you. Amen? Now, I'll just say this too, following God, it's not just about being sensitive and being in life where he wants you to be. Yes, I just, I want to highlight something that means you have to get your hands dirty. You see, you're not supposed to just hear about God on Sunday, but on Monday, you got to be doing what God's doing, right? And a lot of that has to do with the needs that are in this earth. What was Jesus always doing? He was always helping other people. He recognized needs, and he was always about his father's business, bringing whether it's sharing with other people, helping other people, praying for other people. And I would just say a lot of following Christ isn't just about, oh, I'm going to do a new business. or I'm, I'm, Those can be definitely from the Lord, just like I told you God had me in, in the right job at that moment. But it's beyond that. You've got to begin to think bigger than that, and you've got to begin to recognize God isn't all just about you and your personal life. He's about being in you and using you to minister to others. That is so important. If you want to follow Christ, it can't be all about you because God is bigger than that, and all that is is selfishness. Y'all see what I'm saying? Amen. You've got to recognize life is bigger than just to be about you. As a matter of fact, you're going to discover life more when you begin to give of yourself and you begin to pour into other people's lives. And yes, some people are, will try to take advantage of you. Some people might do you wrong, but when you rise over that and you walk in love and you begin to want to help others, I'm just saying that is the best life you can live. Not a life that has a bunch of stuff. It's a life that's giving to others, a life that loves other people, amen? Okay, and what's the second thing that we saw here that that Abraham did? He let go, right? He had to let go of the old. This is so interesting that God, when he calls Abraham to follow, which is the pattern for us, he goes, let go of everything you know. Get out of where you've been living. Let go of your family. Now, I'm not saying you need to let go of your family. This is an illustration God gave us. He let go of everything he was comfortable with, everything he was used to, everything that he knew, and he was just stepping out in faith. And this is a huge illustration for us today because if you want to follow him, you're going to definitely have to let go. Amen? Now, we all know you got to let go of sin. We all know that because you come to the Lord. Now, actually, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people, you just accept Christ. No, you have to turn away from sin, and you come to him. You've turned your life, but then you got to walk with him, right? And you have to lay aside things that will weigh you down, that will distract you, that will pull you away from your fire with God, And I will tell you, many people have repented from sin, but they haven't laid down things that are holding them back in life spiritually. And they're still trying to get life and meaning out of stuff that's in this world because they're not willing to lay it down fully and move on with God. And I will tell you, God is saying in this hour that he wants you to lay down things that are holding you back things that you are leaning on, things that you've been trying to get life out of, and it's not just sinful things, but you know those. what I'm talking about. You know what the things are, right? God's like, I want you to let go of that, and I want you to move on and go into what I've called you to do, right? You're going to have to let go of all those things. You know, one of the, just like I was mentioning earlier, one of the greatest things you have to be willing to let go of is self-centeredness. Pride, selfish ambition. You know, we get saved. And honestly, a lot of the church world, man, when you get saved, you, you might be in a situation where it's all about fulfilling you, you know. And I'm not saying that there's not a part of that that's really true because God does give us dreams. The, 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 the crazy thing about it is God's given us all dreams and we should, we should go through and fulfill those. But the problem is there's flesh, And we have to go through a process of wanting to fulfill those dreams, but recognizing them as long as there's flesh involved, we'll end up getting caught up and fulfilling them the wrong way. You see what I mean? And so the only way to get down to who you are is for you to go through a process of letting go. Letting God break down whatever you're clinging to. Whatever selfish attitudes you have, greedy attitudes, driven attitudes, you've got to let God deal with that in you. You've got to bring that to God. Now, you might realize as I'm talking this morning, you've got some of that in you. And you, you'll go, oh, I don't know if I'll ever get over that. I will just tell you this. If you will be honest with God about this and bring it before God, God will deal with that thing in your life and he will set you free and you'll realize by the power of God you can be set free from those things. Do y'all remember that little story about the rich young ruler? I shared it about four or five months ago probably. This man comes up to Jesus. Man, what do I have to do to be saved? Well, do what the commandments say. Well, I've done all of that. okay, Okay, now, see, so see, that's where we are in life, right? Oh, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. You know, a lot of Christians even believe if you're a good person, you'll go to heaven. The Bible doesn't, even, doesn't say that, does it? You got to be right with God. And you, it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ you can be saved, right? Anyway, so this man's like, I've done all that. But he's going, that's what so many people are. They think they're right, but deep down, there's something they haven't let go of, and he knows what this man's problem is, and I want you to listen to me right now. Don't excuse yourself. If you know something's not right in your life, if you know you're not going forward with God, if you know your life's not vibrant spiritually, you need to be honest with that and quit hiding under whatever kind of doctrines or theology you might be hiding under, whatever ideas you might be hiding under. God put his finger right on this man's life and he goes, there's something not right there. What does he tell the man? Sell what you have. Give it away. And you'll be free. Now, why did Jesus tell this man that? I don't, this sounds a little funny, but think about it. I don't think the primary reason was because he wanted him to sell everything i think that would have been a good thing but i think he wanted to highlight to that man what a problem he had i think when jesus said to that man sell everything now today what do we say oh jesus isn't required that of me you understand what i mean But Jesus looked right at this man, said said, to him, he's never said that I can remember to somebody else before, sell everything. Why did he tell him that? Because he wants this man to be aware of what he's not willing to do. Do you see what I mean? Of the little part of his life he's holding on to. Right? The proper next response for that rich young ruler was not to go run home and sell everything because he's not there. And Jesus knew he wasn't there. He said sell everything because he's unearthing something this man had hidden deep in his heart that he didn't want to face that wasn't right with God. And I will tell you that in this hour, God is pulling his finger out and he's speaking the things and saying, Let go of that. Again, this man, his next response shouldn't have been to go run home and sell everything because he couldn't. He knew he wasn't there. But he did the wrong thing. It says he was sad because he recognized his shortcoming where he wasn't following God fully. And he walked away sad. And Jesus It says his heart broke, so to speak, watching that man because he loved him. Jesus didn't say that angrily toward that man. He wasn't angry at that man. He loved that man. And when he saw that man respond that way, it it broke Jesus' heart. You know, people think Jesus doesn't, doesn't love certain people. He only loves a group of people. Jesus loves everybody. God is love. He loves everybody. He's burdened for people that don't serve him too. And here he is, burdened at this man, turned around. What should that man have done? And I want to just bring this home to you. What should you do? If you realize you haven't let go of everything, if you realize you're still holding on to something, you won't let go and give to God. You're still afraid. What, what, What do you have to do? And what should this man have done? This man... When he saw he was like that, he should have cried out to God and said, God, I'm a sinner. Lord, please help me. I've got this issue in my life. I don't want to be like that. God, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. What do you think Jesus, how Jesus would have responded to that rich young ruler? Do you understand what I'm saying? Think of all the testimony of the New Testament. He would have had mercy on that man, right man, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? And I will tell you this, though you may be looking at your life and feeling like you're that rich young ruler, you don't know how to let go, if you'll recognize that the problem is there because that's exactly what God wanted to do. And I I would just say too many people just want to be around ear-tickling messages and they don't want to have that issue ever dealt with. And I'm just saying God wants to deal with it because he loves you. He loved that man and he loves you. And if there's something you're holding on to, you're not willing to let go, he's putting his finger on it right now. And he says, if all you have to do is acknowledge it and start crying out to me, I'll deliver you from it. I'll set you free from it if you'll ask for mercy. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, so let's get back to this story. Abraham, he has to, number one, follow him. Number two, he's got to let go. And the third thing we got here is God says, and I will bless. Do y'all remember what we read in John 12? Follow, be where I am, and I will honor, right? What does he tell Abraham? Follow, be where I am. Let go and I will bless. It's the same pattern. Do you see that? The same pattern. And he says, and I will bless. So what's the third element here? First element, follow. Second element, you got to let go to follow. Third element, you've got to trust to follow. Do y'all see that? From what Jesus said, you serve me, you got to follow, I'll honor. You are trusting God's going to take care of you. What's Abraham trusting here? Notice this. God doesn't just say follow. He says, follow and I'll honor. He doesn't just tell Abraham follow. He says, follow, let go, and I will bless. What's he saying? I will take care of you. I will look after you. I will help you. I will make a way for you. So here, we're looking at this situation where Abraham is following. Why? Because he trusts in God with his very life now. Do you see what I'm saying? Following God means you've got to trust Him with all your heart. Otherwise, You're not going to follow. You're going to sit back and keep doing life the way you've been doing it. You'll be like Abraham. God says, come on, follow me. And you're looking out. There's nothing out there. You don't know where you're going. And you go, hmm, I don't know about that. You got to trust. God's going to come through for you. Amen. Amen. So you got to have that trust. Now, in Hebrews 11, this is an interesting little story here, but in Hebrews 11, it's all about faith. Y'all remember that story? By faith, this, this. Now, you know, faith is the substance. Faith, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about faith. It's a great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11. And in that chapter, the author of Hebrews, a lot of people think it's Paul, but the author of Hebrews is saying, you know, describing faith, and he makes an observation about this story in this passage that we just read in Abraham where he says get out from your country and go to a place I'm going to show you right he makes a really great observation you know when you read the word of god god wants to show you things about what you're reading you see so it's not just the facts you have to think behind the story what happened oh wow he had to do this he wow you see So when you get into the word, God wants to put the paint to it. He wants to um, fill in the blanks with your imagination, so to speak. And that's what happened with this. The author of Hebrews is into this story and he makes an observation that happened here. And he's saying this, um, he says this, Abraham obeyed, not knowing where he was going. That stuck out to the author of Hebrews when he's reading this story. Abraham obeyed. He went out. He had no idea even where he was going. Why does he tell you this in Hebrews 11 when he's teaching you about faith? Because he's telling you how faith works. You've got to trust God. Planning is good. That when God calls you to step out and to follow Him, He does not give you the plans of how it's going to happen. You can't say, okay, tell me, God, what's going to happen, and let me make a decision. No, all you know is you're going to have to let go. It's not going to be easy, but you got a promise. You don't know how it's going to work out. He's not going to give you a road map. Man, I wish it would work that way. And there's nothing wrong with planning in life. But I'm telling you, faith doesn't start out that way. Faith says, step out. Believe me. Trust me. And you'll go, tell me how to do it. And God says, no. I'm not going to tell you. Well, I'm not saying he's not going to tell you how to follow him. I'm I'm just saying he's not going to give you the plan ahead of time. How are you going to do it? You got to be close to him and he's going to lead you where you need to be. Wow. Is that not powerful? Y'all see what I'm saying? What a powerful thing. All God gave him was a promise. I'm not going to give you the roadmap. I'm going to give you a promise. You can't see. You don't know where you're going, but you can hold on to that promise. And that's exactly how this works. And I would say God is bringing us into this right now. And I believe God is calling his church to a new place of faith of walking this thing out fully because, you know, we, we can, we can come to God and give ourselves to God. And, but then after a while we've gotten used to that and then God's blessing us. And we're back to that same pattern, right? Right. I just want to tell you this morning, God wants to call you beyond that, right? He wants to call you beyond where you've been, to something fresh. to, to and, I, and I honestly believe this hour, in this hour, God is calling people to be really close to Him again. You might have been serving the Lord. You might have, you know, you, you might have gotten saved 30 years ago. And just say, well, I've been serving God all this while. I've been going forward with God all this while. I know the Lord. I know the Bible. And maybe you've lost your radical commitment to God. Can you not remember back what it was like when you gave your life to the Lord? That excitement of of you stepping out and the world being different. Uh, uh, Do you remember the challenges that you had to let go of your pride? to let go of, of you know, what people are going to think about you anymore and to let go of all of that and then to step into something different and how exciting that was after you made that decision? Do you remember the life that was there after you made that decision? Do you remember the honeymoon you had with God after you did that and how wonderful it was and you didn't care about anything about this life anymore? You just wanted more of God. Do you remember that? God's saying, I'm calling you back into that. I'm calling you back to that again. Wow. I fully believe that. And I will say this. It's, it's individually. And it's going to be the whole body of Christ. God is going to bring us to a new place. And he's saying, come, follow me. Follow me afresh. Because I'm going to bring you somewhere you've never been. Amen? You remember the story of Joshua? Joshua in the Old Testament. He's gone through 40 years in the wilderness. God was leading him in the wilderness. It was, everything was a certain way. Everybody got a habit. Everybody had a rhythm. Oh, get up. Go get the manna. Go cook the manna. Right? manna hot dogs, manna hamburgers, manna buns, baked manna, fried manna, pickled manna. They did everything they could with manna, right? And it was the same thing every day. Yeah, as the cloud moved, okay, you're still here. We get to stay here today. Even in, the, even in the wilderness, there's an example of we've got to stay in tune with that representation of God. When the cloud moves, we've got to move with it. We can't just sit here because if we stay here and God's moved on, we're going to miss out on the provision. Because when God moves on, the blessing, the provision is there with him. Right? Even in the wilderness. And God still wants us to keep our eyes on him, but the nature of how we do that changes in the new season. You remember, right before he goes through the Jordan River, what happens? He says this. Tell everybody. Keep your eyes on me because you're... And what was that? That was the ark. He says, back up from the ark so everybody can see it. And then he goes, keep your eyes on me because I'm getting ready to lead you somewhere you've never been before. God's leading us into some place new. And it's as if we've never been there before. It's really a wonderful thing. What happened with Abraham? It says, God told him this. And just think of this faith. You see, this is like, this is supposed to be our inspiration. God says, pick up. Let go of it all. Let go of everything. Let go of the town you grew up in. Let go of the occupation you've had and your family. Let go of all all that you guys have been doing. Let go of all of that. Just follow me. Where, God? I'll show you. Just start walking. Just keep your eyes on me. I'll lead you where you're supposed to be. But it's necessary that I don't give you the plan ahead of time because if I did you quit looking to me Stay connected with me. It's gonna come as you walk. It's gonna come as you walk gonna come as you walk So so what does he do? Abraham departed just like God asked him verse 4 Chapter 12. What a great thing Now if you know the story of Abraham You know something happened later right? Now, what's this blessing? Okay, all along the way, God's blessing him. God blesses his finances, if we want to call them finances, his flocks increase. He's blessed everywhere he goes. He's blessed. God's protecting him. Even sometimes he's not doing things right. God realizes his immaturity. He makes some bad decisions. Uh, God, God recognizes he's doing his best. Even when he has a child by Hagar, he thinks he's doing what God wants him to do. You know, we, we make mistakes sometimes when we're following the Lord, but God to get us back on, path, on course, right? So, so anyway, he's following God. He's made some mistakes, but he's still on that journey. He's still following the Lord. It took 25 years before that promise, the, the, the big promise came, right? The promise was, I'm going to bless you and take care of you. That, that happened. But the thing he was called to do, the thing he was supposed to do with his life didn't happen for 25 years. By the way, how many of you want to feel like you've done something important in life? Oh, I want God to call me to do something important in life. You know what Abraham did? He wandered around in the desert for 25 years following God. What important thing did Abraham build? What big church did Abraham have? He followed God. Are y'all with me? And that was that was the big thing. And then after 25 years, the Son of Promise comes. After 25 years. And guess what? He connects his heart to that son. Son's growing. Oh, this is the Son of Promise. This is the one. The one I've been waiting for. Oh, God's going to do this through you. He even told me that day when he spoke to me and to Sarah, it's going to be through this one right here. He's a miracle child. My wife was like a 100 years old when she had him. I mean, almost, right? A miracle child. No way this is natural. God did this. This is God. Man, it's, I really got my heart into this. And then God says something to him that's so difficult for him. It's difficult for us to understand. And I want you to get this because I believe this is the kind of thing God's doing right now. He says, go, sacrifice your son. That's what all he says. Just like at the beginning, he doesn't give an explanation. He doesn't tell what's going to happen. All he's saying is, follow me. But now, this follow me is much more intense even than the first one. The first follow me, the first follow me is hard. How many of you, you, can you acknowledge it'd be hard, like with a rich young ruler, to sell everything? Can you acknowledge it'd be hard, like Abraham, to let go of whatever you've got in life and to Go on with God. You, you see what I mean? That was hard. This is much more difficult. It's the child of promise. And he's been connecting with his child. And he's saying, sacrifice him. And Abraham has in his mind, God wants me to kill him and offer him up as a sacrifice to God. And You know what it says Abraham does? This is phenomenal, but it shows you the father of our faith and how he responded. He got up early the next morning and started on the journey to go where he was going to go do what God told him to do. Man, let me just say this. Is your faith dry? Is your walk dry? I'm just telling you right now, God's saying this again. God is letting that call go out all over again. I'm calling you out. I'm saying, follow me. I'm saying, go where I'm going. Do what I'm doing. Uh, Go where I'm leading. And we're going to have to step out as difficult as it might be and trust that promise that we know He's going to be with us. He's going to honor us. He's going to bless us. He's going to take care of us because almost every time When he says follow, it hurts our flesh. Our flesh does not want to do it. We want to hold on, do not let go. Oh God, I'll serve you here. And God's like, no, you're free when you step out and do what I'm asking you to do. Then you'll get free. You see? So Abraham does what God says. He doesn't even complain this time. He doesn't go, oh, but no, God. He goes, you know what? I've learned to not do that. He, he did it before with Ishmael. But he's going, you know what? I've learned. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I think higher than that. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to guard my mind. I'm not going to think negative. I'm going to trust that God gave me a promise. Not only that, God said, this one, this one. I want you to see Abraham's faith in God's promise that allowed him to step out. Later in Hebrews 11, he says, Abraham did stepped out, was going to sacrifice his son because he still believed God's promise. And he says, God can raise him from the dead. You see what I'm saying? God didn't do things that way. But he was pleased with Abraham's faith that said, I'm going to step out. God will take care of me. God will fulfill his word to me. God will fulfill his promise. I don't know how in the world, if he has to raise him from the dead, he can do it. Do you see what I'm saying? You ever look at your life going, oh, that's a big thing to lay down. No, you've not seen anything yet. Look to Abraham, the father of our faith, right? That example we've got. God's like, if he did it, you can too. God says, I call you forward. What did he do with Abraham? After, after Abraham went through the process and he he was going to sacrifice his son, God stops him. And he says, now I know your heart is mine. It's all mine. You say, well, God knows all things. Why do you have to do that? This is what I believe, because I believe before there was something in him that God wanted to deal with. Something in Abraham. And when he walked, Through the process of laying it all down, even his biggest dream, the biggest thing, the most important thing to him, when he he laid that down and walked that out, not just, oh, God, I lay it down. No, he walked it out. Then, then God said, now I know experientially, now I see your heart's mine. I don't think it was all his the way it was but you know after the same way it was before in other words there was a breakthrough Abraham had a freedom on the inside of worship and I will tell you this too when you lay down something before God to move forward you'll experience worship like you never have before there's worship I had a situation once I'll never forget this As long as I have sanity, I'll never forget it. But one time in life, I I laid something down believing it was God's will. And it was so hard. And when I went to the Lord in prayer, and the pain was there. Man, I felt such pain. It was so hard. (laughs) But when I did that, And in the pain, I brought that to God and Lord, like, God, here that is. I wish I could describe the worship experience that I had in that moment. You cannot describe it. And I can't go and do it right now. I can go worship. I can experience God. I can connect. But the moment of sacrificing, of laying something down, was in itself an act of worship. And as I was doing that, bringing it before God, the experience of worship was just phenomenal. And That happened to me two times that day as I brought it to God. But that began to let let me see something. Some of our greatest experiences are in certain seasons and occasions that God allows. And right now, God is in a season where, like with Joshua, He's bringing us to a new place. He's bringing the whole church to a new place. He's bringing each one of us to a new place. And he's saying, I'm calling you right now to a new level of follow me. Maybe you've done this in the past. Maybe you had an experience in the past. But I'm speaking it fresh because I'm bringing you somewhere new. Amen. So I want to encourage you with that. Because I so fully believe God's doing that right now. You know, when we talk about the move of God, you know, we're thinking about something God's going to do, right? Um, oh, God's going to just begin to show up in our church. I, I believe that's going to happen. But that's, that's not the only thing that's going on. What's happening behind the scenes is there's people that are hearing God that are letting go that are following afresh. And it doesn't feel like necessarily at that moment, you may not feel like it's the greatest time. It might feel terrible. I believe on the way to laying down that child, on the process, Abraham could have wrestled with a lot, right? But he kept kept saying, God is faithful. God's gonna see me through. God's gonna help me. I'm gonna overcome. It's gonna be okay, right? He had to reason in his mind. And that's why it says he reasoned and said, God will raise him up from the dead. Imagine you having to stand on the word of God like that in your difficult pain, right? You see, you go through seasons where it might not feel good but God's working there. And the blessing that came was wrought in the path from when Abraham got up that morning to the time when he was... Bringing that thing down and giving that to God. Do y'all see what I'm saying? Revival doesn't just begin when the Holy Spirit falls and we all know it. Revival can start with each one of us. When we afresh hear that call and where God says, I'm calling you forward. I'm calling you out of your comfort. I'm calling you out of what I blessed you with. Will you lay that down? Say, God, this is of God. Will you lay it down? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? I will honor you. I'll bless you. But you got to trust me because it doesn't feel like it when I call you forward. That's why you have to walk and follow by faith. You got to believe. And I'll tell you, every one of you today, wrestling with what I'm talking about. You got to ask God, Lord, help me. And secondly, you've got to start going, God is going to be faithful. God's going to take care of me. What he's got in front of me is going to be more blessed than where I am now. I'm going to be more free than where I am now. And if God were to tell me everything that he was going to do, then it wouldn't be of faith. It wouldn't be of trust. I have to trust him that as I step out, he's going to bless me. It's going to be good. I want to encourage you. I hope you're all hearing this because this is a step out moment. So Father, this moment, Right this morning, God, I pray for everybody listening, that they would hear that still small voice deep on the inside of them that's saying, step out. Step into the new. Lord, I pray for those that are holding on to something and you're dealing with it and you're saying, that's holding you back. You need to lay that down. Lord, for those that are hiding something like the rich young ruler, it doesn't look sinful. But God is a weight, it's something out of order. It's become the focus instead of just stepping out and trusting. Lord, I just pray right now this morning. Lord, you put your finger on that in every life, just like you did with the rich young ruler. Lord, I pray that now. And I would just say for every one of you, if you see that's there, you see something that you can't let go of, you're beginning to acknowledge it's there. Something's there. You're not free. There's something in life you're bound to. Just cry out to God right now. God, help that area. Help me there, God. You know, I laid that down. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Have mercy on me. I'm confessing it now. God, I want to be free from that. Lord, I'm laying it down by faith. But Lord, I need your help. Help, help God. And Lord, I pray that what would begin to arise in everybody's mind this morning is I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by confidence in what God has promised, not in what I see. I walk by the leading of God and I obey God even when I don't understand, even when it looks like I'm going to suffer, even when it looks like obedience brings pain. Lord, I thank you because you said on the other side, there's honor. You said on the other side, there's blessing, there's provision, there's increase, there's promotion of sorts. So God, this morning, we make a decision, Lord, to step back out on that water to be vulnerable all over again and to say, here I am, Lord. Send me, direct me, lead me. I let my life here before you, God. I'm willing to go wherever you take me. In Jesus' name, amen.